Hi and welcome to my YouTube channel. Today we're going to talk about an exciting topic in Buddhism, reincarnation and karma, or sometimes as the Buddhists more often call it, rebirth. So this is the fourth edition in this series on Buddhism, so if you'd like to listen to the first three videos, you can find them on YouTube on my Buddhism playlist, Becoming Nobody, Alex Momsilovich. So Buddhism does have a strong emphasis on reincarnation and doctrines about reincarnation and karma. So it's very important to understand them in order to understand the root of Buddhist philosophy. So before we get into the discussion, I'm just going to read a couple of quotations on the subject. The first two quotations I'm going to read are from the Buddha himself. So the Buddha that we talk about in the first video, Siddhartha Gautama, the one who laid out the Noble Eightfold Path and the one who spoke the Four Noble Truths. This is pertaining to him. It says, During the first watch of the night, he had a vision of all his past lives, recollecting his place of birth, name, caste, and even the food he had eaten. During the second watch of the night, he saw how beings rise and fall through the cycle of rebirth as a consequence of their past deeds. The next quote is by the Buddha himself. He said, if you take the distance that an oxen can walk in a day, which is about six miles, and you take a mountain of that length, width, and height, so a mountain six miles high, six miles wide, and six miles thick, and every hundred years a bird flies by with a velvet scarf in its beak and it scrapes it over the mountain. Basically would do nothing. The amount of time it would take for that bird flying by once every hundred years and scraping the mountain with a scarf in its beak to wear away the entire mountain. That's how long you've been doing this. That's how long you've been taking rebirth. Those are two quotes. The third quote I want to read is Krishna, the avatar Krishna, speaking in the Bhagavad Gita. He says, death is certain for one who has been born, and rebirth is inevitable for one who has died. Therefore, you should not lament over the inevitable. So what do these mean? What, what is reincarnation? What is karma? So there, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say misconceptions, but there's a lot of people that have strange views about it or people who do believe in reincarnation but are very worried about who they were in their last birth were they somebody famous or prominent or what they were and that kind of stuff isn't very so much relevant i'm going to delve into and explain to you here so the idea of reincarnation is in many spiritual and religious traditions, and I've done videos on it before, which you can find on my channel. But the essence of the subject is this. Reincarnation is that your soul, or in Buddhism, since they don't believe in the soul word per se, this consciousness continues to take birth after birth after birth in different forms and on different planes of consciousness. So it starts off as undifferentiated awareness, as undifferent as God, as God resting in itself, as unmanifested. You could think of this as the universe before the Big Bang, as nothing. 
And in order to experience itself as separate, it goes off into all these separate entities, including me and including you. And so in this vast amount of births we take, so the Buddha seen his last 99,000 incarnations and he said that was just a drop in the bucket of what we've lived. So we, and you got to think about like since the creation of the universe, how much time that is, billions of years. So you continually take birth in different forms according to your karma. So what does that mean? So it means, first of all, that you could take birth as mineral as because everything's alive as rocks as plants as insects as animals as angels as demons as other forms of entities what we would call alien type entities gods and goddesses from other places in the universe and other planes of reality that we can't see with our senses what would be called ghosts or in Buddhism, it's called pratans. So you can take birth in as human beings. You can take birth in all these different realms. And how? You know, how do we just get to pick that? Do we just pick where we want to go? Because if you follow a lot of the reincarnation groups on Facebook and stuff, they're pretty convinced. Well, Buddhist philosophy and Hindu philosophy is a little different. So to understand how we take rebirth, we first have to understand what karma is. Karma is much more than just if I hurt you, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get hurt back. A robber is going to get robbed, and people don't believe in karma because they say, "Wasn't Hitler a bad guy? Or why didn't he get his karma? Or why are all these people in power that are bad guys or bad women? And where is their karma? Why do people get away with bad acts and good people don't get good?" Well. If you understand reincarnation, that puts a whole different spin on things because the results of your actions do not always bear fruit in this lifetime. They could bear fruit way down the line. And so your karma is anything that you do with intention. And we're so mired in karma. Everything we do is already a result of our past karma. And any intention we juice it up with creates more karma so what is the science behind this how does this even make sense so basically your spiritual entity your spiritual soul is carrying this dna package and it has these seeds and those are the seeds of your karma and anything you do with intention you create these karmic seeds you create them and they have to ripen within you and they have to be worked out and you're always creating more of them because you're doing more things with intention. You're doing things with the intention of saving money. You're doing acts with the intention of getting ahead in life. You're doing things out of lust. You're doing things out of greed. You're doing things out of ill will. You're even doing good things with intention and that's how you create good karma. So there could be karma that's created that's considered good there's karma that's bad. There's karma that's indifferent. And this is noted in Buddhism as well as in Hinduism and the Yoga Sutras, the paths of yoga. So whatever I do with intention, that is what creates these, these karmic seeds. And they might not ripen for a really long time because like the right circumstances have to come about to ripen them. So there might be some seeds I have buried in me that 10 lifetimes from now will come out in some events and actions in my life 
and have to be worked out. And that's why everything is your karma. Everything that unfolds is your karmic predicament. It doesn't just happen by mistake. It's intertwined with everybody else's karma and it's all working together to bring this to fruition. And that is what the yogis practice is through meditation is actually burning out their karma. And so that just makes it a little quicker process where you could burn out your karma through just living life and it takes many more lifetimes or you could do dedicated spiritual practice which will burn it up quicker and is almost like picking if you do very deep yoga and meditation it's almost like getting in there and picking out those seeds picking out those attachments so anyways we'll digress a little bit i know that was pretty deep so you you act you create karma that's what propels you into future births so when you die it's it's not that you don't have a choice but you get directed in a fashion towards your next rebirth to, according to your karma. And only a very conscious being plays a conscious role in their next rebirth. Very unconscious beings are sort of prepelled by this karmic DNA into whatever life form suits them. So this is just a crude example, but if you are a very cruel person and you know a bad person you're like a snake you could take birth as a snake in your next lifetime if you're a very sly shrewd person so these tendencies sort of lead so it's not that you don't get what you want you ultimately whatever you desire and you put your intention upon it creates this karma and that directs where you go next and so we're on this like this long journey through all these cycles of life and, and it's kind of interesting. It's not um, exciting, per se. Some people think it's very exciting. It's um, it's not interesting to know who you were before. I mean, it's good and all, but it's really irrelevant because what you are right now is just as interesting as what you were before. Your past life is just as interesting as your current life. So your karma, as far as trying to figure out who you were, if you're a king, or, you've been everything and you've been everybody and you've been in relationships with everyone. And so the idea in Buddhism and in Hinduism isn't that, and in yoga, isn't that karma and reincarnation is something you want to keep going. It's actually in Buddhism, it's called the wheel of repeated birth and death, the wheel of the Dharma, and it spins around and around, and beings continually come into existence, and beings continually die. And every day, innumerable beings enter death, and innumerable beings come into being. So... It's actually a cycle that we'll talk about in further videos, but the idea is to eventually break the cycle by burning up the new karma, by not creating any new seeds, any new personal desires that have to be fulfilled. Because whatever you desire, you will get the suitable body to work out those desires. So the body, whatever body you have, an astral body, a human body, an animal body, is like a package that is being manifested by the soul or by the spark of consciousness to work out the karma so reincarnation always made a lot of sense to me even before i came across teachings on it because if you think about a child dying as, as a little baby like 
what is that there? Where do they go? What do they do? Is that all they got? Was that second? If you think of people being wronged, if you think of people born and they starve and get really sick and live a short lifetime, if you think of an ant that's born for two seconds and crushed. And so it gives a lot different perspective on things because you see it changes the way you see life and death. It changes how you see people's life curriculums. Because when you see that everything's unfolding is their karma, you understand that what they think is suffering in the moment and they can't see past is really the exact thing that they need to be going through. And so it's interesting. Can you imagine somebody taking birth and deciding, hey, I'm going to take this birth and I'm going to go through, I'm going to get cheated on and I'm going to get severe cancer and then I'm going to survive it. Then I'm going to get diabetes and lose this limb or whatever you think of as possibility of happening. Um, in you on the, in this life, you're going to be like, dang, that's going to suck because obviously that veil had to come down for you to forget, or you wouldn't be able to work out the karma and play the game because you would know exactly what was going on the whole time and why it was happening. So part of the game is you don't. So as the, the soul descends into the body, the veil of illusion covers it, the veil of Maya, and you forget. And not everybody forgets. That's why little kids sometimes remember past lives. That's why people have recollections. They can break through the barriers. But for the most part, we usually forget. So the idea in Buddhist philosophy is that you're actually trying to burn out this karma in order to get free from the wheel of birth and death so that you go back to your union with God and you no longer are forced to take rebirth again unless you choose to in order to help other beings. And so the trickiest part, what I'll finish with, is all of karma and reincarnation still falls within the universe, the form and the manifest. So it's still all fake. It's real, it's just as real as you are, as you think this world is, it's relatively real, but it's not actually real. It's still an illusion because ultimately you're the self, the part of God unmanifest, the witness that never took, that never took birth, that never died, that never had any karma. So your individual soul, which is Hinduism in Hinduism is called the Jeevatman. That's what takes birth. But Paraatman, the Godhead in you, the purest and pure awareness inside of you really is untouched by any of this and it's all part of the illusion so that's what's important to understand about karma and reincarnation it's as relatively real as me and you sitting here right now are but it's not ultimately real because it all falls within the illusion so the idea of reincarnation and karma is it's, I wouldn't say it's confusing. It's just different to us in the West because we hear of karma, but not really in this full sense. And we hear of reincarnation, but it's not really what's taught in Western doctrines. So it's kind of new to us. And it makes a lot of sense with people that are, uh, people that are mistreated, people that, anything. That's why we all have different life circumstances. And your life might be really good and you might say, why wouldn't I want to just like Joe Rogan had a Buddhist uh, guy on his podcast and Joe's like, why wouldn't I want to keep taking rebirth? This life's awesome. And he's like, yeah, Joe, it's awesome for you now but 
you know, your karma won't always lead you to this same position. And even in this lifetime, you're still going to grow old and die. Your kids are still going to die. You're still going to get sick. So it's not always all that it's cracked up to be if you're living in form. So I wanted to finish with a couple of quotes. The first is by Ananda Mayama, who was a great saint in India in the 1900s. She said, birth and death are chapters in your life story, but you are the immortal river of life. Flow on. The next quote I wanted to read is by Joyce Kilmer, who was a poet who lived from the late 1800s to the early 1900s. He died in World War I. And at the end of his poem, which is called Roops, he says, they say that life is a highway, and its milestones are the years. And now and then there's a toll gate where you buy your way with tears. It's a rough road and a steep road, and it stretches broad and far. But alas, it leads to a golden town where golden houses are. And the last poem I want to read is by one of my favorites, Rumi, the Sufi poet. He says... I died as mineral and became a plant. I died as plant and rose to animal. I died as animal and I was man. Why should I fear? When was I less by dying? Yet once more I shall die as man, to soar with angels blessed. But even from angelhood I must pass on. All except God doth perish. When I have sacrificed my angel soul, I shall become what no mind e'er conceived. Oh, let me not exist, for non-existence proclaims in organ tones, to him we shall return. So the goal isn't really existence. The goal is more non-existence. And there's a great hope found in the end here because no matter how much suffering there is in life, no matter how much pain, and no matter how many lifetimes it goes on for, Ultimately, you're led back to freedom, and even more ultimately, you were always free.